program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello, welcome to Share Your Hotness podcast with Lita Green and my guest, Michelle Sock. And as she likes to say, like you put sock on your feet. But I'd like to tell you guys, even though we're not in person together because we're over Zoom, she is not a stinky sock. I just thought that would be good because if my last name were a sock, you know, then immediately stinky sock comes to mind. Now, Michelle and I met, it would be 12-ish years ago now. And it was, and she's making this face like way back in the ancient times. Um, but we're, we're, we're still, well, no, I'm, I'm 48. It's okay. I'm fine with my age. Um, but we met at a networking thing and there were probably like eight or so women. That sounds a lot like a lot, but maybe. Okay. So maybe eight women and like 50 Mm -hmm. guys. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think it's fair to say that there was kind of like this little corner of us women and they would split us up because we would be so loud and have so much fun. And sometimes when you're in a room full of men and we are not male bashers here, but sometimes the men, um, you know, kind of have this image that women are going to be a little quieter and um, seeking permission. And as I think back to the women in that group, that was like none of us. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Certainly like, not me. No, no. Um, though I do joke that I have been genetically suppressed because out of my three kids, two of them take after my blonde husband. Uh-huh. And we learned in, you know, junior high biology that if you have brown hair, you're going to have brown hair kids because brown hair is a dominant gene. Mm-hmm. No. So that's why I'm suppressed genetically. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a quick thing unrelated to everything about birthdays. Cause I know you and I both love birthdays. Yes. You said how old you were and I'm trying to get this out there with my friend, but we're going by levels now. Levels. So, okay. Uh, so I'm level 44. So right. Right. Have, you know, you are more levels than me because you know, if you're well, I played a- the game well. Yeah. And so then that way, instead of like, well, when I was your age, you can be like, well, when I was a level 13, these are some of the things that happened to me. <laughs> yes. I actually really like this because there is this, um, you know, this thing we're always pushing against aging, obviously with me having yeah. been in the beauty industry, I'm like, aging is not a bad thing. Not everybody gets to do it. So right. I like this level. I yeah. like this. And leveling up is good. Like you don't want to be like on Pac-Man level one. <laughs> I don't even play video games. And I know that right? being on level 48 makes me four levels above you. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, don't feel intimidated. I'm going to try four levels. I realize now that you have four levels over me. So, so can we still continue with our fun conversation or? Yes, we can. (laughs) Okay. So the other problem is I might giggle like a teenage girl a little bit too much because Michelle always makes me laugh. And when she was, we were doing like a little sound check before she's like, is my mic close enough? And so here, do your mic normally. 
do it normal. Yeah. See, like just talk. Good job. Well done. Well done. Following directions and then do it where you're all close. Is my mic close enough? See, see, doesn't that make you happy? Yeah. And she was also showing off that she has a very legit looking microphone as well. It's not just me. So she's four levels below me, but we have, she has legit mic too. In fact, hers might be fatter, which I think in microphones makes them better. Could be, could be. Yeah. And maybe on waistlines too, because I'm bigger than you. So I'm four levels above you and I have a bigger waistline. (laughs) I've eaten more chocolate. (laughs) I have my COVID-19. We'll just say that. Well, I actually lost weight during COVID because I've had um, some, you know, what I call my Gertrude problems. Yes. Yeah. But then I got Gertrude fixed six months ago. And so I Your guess customer. I could just blame it. I, I, I put on, I put on 20 pounds. Nice. <laughs> I'm happy. It's yeah. fine. I can eat things and I love things to eat. Love well, it. it's like the COVID people where they can't taste or it's like they lose joy of food. And if you enjoy food, which I know you do. Yes. That would be like the worst thing, right? Like to not taste it and like, just not be able to feel it. So I get that. You know, I used to say that I just can't be friends with people who don't love food because people who don't love food probably don't like the other activity. But then we had a guest on who's my, a really good friend. And she explained all these like food issues and how she didn't love the other food. And I love her. So I I used to that. Yeah. And I just was like, oh, oh, Okay. I love Lindsay. I love her a lot. So it's going to be okay. I can work through my, my food prejudices. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Trigger word. <laughs> okay. And then um, Michelle and I also have something else in common that you have a couple of clothing items of mine that you purchased with your own money and you keep yes. in your own closet, but you've let me know that they're mine. It. Yeah. The leopard stuff. I should have wore it. I don't know yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, it's See? yours. So that would be weird to wear your thing on your show. Right. Cause then I'd be like, dang, why don't I have one? But it's so funny because she like posts on Facebook. She's like, hey, Lita, I went out and bought this for you today, but it's just going to stay in my closet. <laughs> Still there. So thoughtful. And that way, if I were ever like, if my house burned down, mm-hmm. I know that I have clothes at Michelle's house. So it's really like an insurance policy. It really is. And I don't know what size your foot is. I know you had to get rid of your heels, but I may or may not have a leopard print. No, no, no. Let's, let's not be putting that out there. I have the plantar fasciitis, which I always say it like that to cover up. It's like a flat. It's like, it's like a cute, I don't know. I have to wear orthopedics right now. An orthopedic would fit in it. Okay. And um, it's hurting my, it's hurting my heart a little bit. But I am going to get better and I am not going to go back to four inch heels. Those are the ones that I gave up. I gave them to a young girl that is probably going to be my, my daughter-in-law and I'm breathing through that. I love her, but you know, they're babies. I know. And I'm in Utah and lots of babies get married, but let me just clarify. I lived in Oklahoma and they get married even younger. So, um, you know, but yeah. Anyway, but we can't talk about my kids because as we know, I'm not coping well because I like my kids so much. So, okay, we're going to talk about you, Michelle, my friend. Okay, so you're in banking, right? So the quick, I'll give you the quickest version that I can. So I have been in financial services for 20 years. So financial services. All that banking. (laughs) Um, 
but we, I work for a kind of a non-bank regional bank. So just do commercial lending. Um, but I also own three beans and brews coffee houses and gymnastics, the 12,000 square foot gymnastics facility in Lehigh. So where are your coffee places? Uh, Lehigh. Okay. Saratoga Springs. Yeah. And Spanish Fork. Okay. None of those are the ones I'm going to take my guests to. So I can't, I can't help you there. We'll get guests in other locations. <laughs> well, I have, if I have clothes in other places, maybe I have house, other houses. Has anyone given me a house? I, I can't, I can't think of it. We'll have to check after the call. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do a little search on Facebook. Yeah. Has anyone given me a house? Yeah. yeah. Never know. Right. So right. no, it's okay. You don't have to visit. You don't have to visit those particular ones. But um, so I helped people and business owners for almost my whole career and then got on the other side of it and became a business owner. Um, my parents were entrepreneurs. So that was a. So you a do both bit. sides. Yeah. And I, I hate for it to be offensive here. So you can, you can hang up if uh, I am I stepping over a line. I've all, you know, you're like really fun and spicy, but it's kind of a boring thing that you do. <laughs> Is that? That's why I have to do so much of it. That's why I have to do right. so much of it, right? Okay, so, okay. Because I'm like, how, how, how does Michelle, who's like fun, like I am fun. We're, we're hilarious. Yeah. And I imagine there's a lot of computer work involved. In so what here's what I have figured out. Okay. I am driven by challenge. Uh, I do like numbers. And so I like the analytical part of putting a deal together and that's a challenge. And so I think that's how I stayed in this career so long is that your deal is different than the next person's deal, the next person's deal. And so I still have to figure out like, wait, how do the pieces go together? How do I make this work? And so that I think is what helps me is that every deal is a challenge. And then it's like, that was kind of like, oh my gosh, I start seeing the same things. And so it's like, okay, maybe I'll have my own challenge. And then the opportunity presented itself for us to, you know, to do our thing. And it was like, that was a challenge. And then it was like, okay, well, this is fun, but we figured it out. So let's open another one. Let's open another one. So yeah, I think that's how, I mean, my job, it, I guess it could be perceived as boring, but you also have to remember no business is the same. And I get to talk to lots of business owners and, and all of their businesses are different. Their challenges are different. I like that I can help them, you know, figure out or ask questions that maybe they're not thinking about. So, you know, I've dealt with one of my favorite examples is dealing with a husband and wife couple that um, owned a retail store. They still own a retail store and they were only paying him. And that's fine, but she's doing a lot of the work. And so I said, I understand that, but you're doing work. And so you're now not going to be participating in social security, even though you're technically working. So I'm not saying that you should pay more to yourselves in payroll, but you know, if you're paying 150, then maybe he gets hundred, you get 50, you know, find the balance, talk to your accountant, find the balance of how much should I be paying myself to, um, be a participant with social security. And it also sets her up. If something happens to him, she's got credibility. Cause not that anything bad happens to people in life, but it could. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Nothing no. bad ever happens again. Not things we're putting out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's the type of stuff that, you know, they're just different. Everyone's got a different story and a different. And so I think that, um, I think if I was sitting like in the back office of the bank, like processing checks 
um, which now computers do, but you know, 20 years ago when I started, there was actually someone that had to like look at the check and yeah, that I probably could. Well, I appreciate you educating me and the three other listeners that think commercial lending is boring because I'm sure everyone else is way more knowledgeable about this. But I joke that I have professional ADD because I need I need diversity and I need things happening and I need lots of people. And so I do lots of things because then I like wake up in the morning and I have like you know, my podcast thing or my writing thing or my speaking thing or my makeup thing. And I just get to Mm -hmm. choose what I'm working on that day. And it's so much fun. And people say, you can't get a lot done multitasking. And I'm like, watch me. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second, because there's a lot of stuff out there that is, you need to focus on one thing and, and just totally go into that. So I'm going to flip the switch here because I'm asking you a question, but okay. So tell me your thought on you know, and you're in the online space and, you know, writing books and all that. So, and I get this question a lot as too. how do you have so many things? How do you balance? So should you be focusing on one thing and did you maybe focus on one thing first or what is your thought on focus on one thing or you won't be as successful? I think you could argue it either way because I know if I spent all my time all day long doing just one of those things, I would be way more known for that thing. And I probably would make more money in that thing. However, I think really we have to look at what makes us happy. Is success only about money? And I would argue that it's not because once you've, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm at this point where I've just made so much money that I'm bored with money. I mean, I like money. I'm not against money, you know, money, money, money. Well, there's a tipping point. Like when you're making $7 an hour, $20 an hour makes a huge difference. Right. right. $200,000, $300,000 doesn't make you, doesn't make as much of a difference to your lifestyle. Right. And, you know, we're at, a. I mean, really my main motivator for working was because, um, I've always worked. Yeah. Cause that's what, that's, that's what adults do. I know kind of controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Very much is so. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, my, my, my sweet teenager that shall not be named. um, He's like, I'm really busy. And I'm like, are you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I get that. But as a kid, super busy (laughs) she's playing with her phone (laughs) right and you know he is working out and he's doing good things yeah adults learn how to do lots of different things and we multitask in our day and I think especially as women again not bashing the men but I do the work I've got uh, a chicken carcass down there boiling that I'm you know boiling the meat off and then we're going to make some amazing chicken soup and you know I know about my time to be over the what Tell me what time to be over for the soup. Uh, okay, perfect. Uh, about f- uh, about four five forty five. Okay. Okay. So no, seriously, you can come over. I think that's fair. The day I interview you, I feed you. I put a pot pie in the oven. In all seriousness, so we should a pot them. pie like like the frozen kind or like the Costco you made ones. Pot pie. The Costco ones that are, are the size. Okay, of wait, wait, wait. Are those delicious? Because I, mean, I do, I do like a pot pie. Did your when mom homemade pot pies? Because I don't um, like to me. Okay, good. My mom had yes, two it's delicious. recipes. It's delicious. My mom had two recipes that she made, and it, they were made like this. 
Lita, cut this up. Lance, cut that up. And then she'd pour those things in a crock pot. And that was that okay. was culinary excellence. And that was better than her mother. So I think it's delicious and it feeds a decent amount. Um, I just don't want to offend anyone that like home makes pot pies because they okay. were probably like, those pot pies are not delicious. But it's kind of like the Costco pumpkin pie. Like I can make a pumpkin pie that's pretty good, but I'm like, Costco's pumpkin pie is pretty good. Okay, have you oh. had Marie Callender's? Yes, I also uh, have con chocolate pie. Wait, I I have to completely rethink what I've just done because now I've told everyone and it's going to be harder to get. Mm, yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, that was that was a mistake. But you know, that's these are raw and unedited. That's what editing's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it in there for those of you. Um, you know, my, my scale of listeners just keeps going up and up and up. And I'm like, wow, that's really, that's really flattering and humbling and exciting and all that too. But, um, okay. So we better get back on task. Yes. I'm going to say uh, somebody distracted somebody just talking about deliciousness. So I think that, yes, if you focus on one thing, you can do it. But that being said, I always talk to people about the power of a brand that, you know, as hotness, that I am not branded to just one thing has given me flexibility. And with the pandemic that just happened, if I was only a speaker and my speaker friends would be like, Lita, you really need to focus. And I'm like, well, why would I give up my business that I have built? You know, I've been in beauty industry for 30 years now. I know, so weird, right? Why would I give that up? Why would I let that knowledge that I have garnered and the way that I approach things not be done? And then you just kind of added things over time. But I think if you decided as a brand new business owner to do all the things all at one time, you would not be successful. But if you're adding them, layering them, and you have a brand, I am known as hotness. And hotness is whatever the people think it means, right? Yeah. And whatever. And I'm the one in charge of that messaging. And really, it's about being kind and loving to people. That's what I think it means to people, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so I could, you know, go into commercial lending and be really nice and loving about it. But I don't love the numbers. Yeah. Well, so and I would be bad at that. Said about like expanding. So like when people ask me that, like, oh, should I do my side hustle? Because everyone has a side hustle now, right? Mm -hmm. So should I do my side hustle? And my thing is, and like, how did I do it? And so I say, well, I believe you have to go deep on one thing first yeah. before you can go wide. I agree with that because I did, I did just makeup for almost 20 years. Yeah. And, and I did all different so people want to hear from you. Yeah. Right. I did so many different aspects of what that was that um, I don't want to sound poopy, but I can do it in my sleep. Right. And, but I still love it. Yeah. But I also have decided that I could care less what, you know, the magazine has said is the trendy color for the season. So that that puts me out as not some people's makeup artists, because, you know, for those that don't want to change their makeup every three months, I'm here for you. Right. Well, and you don't yep. need a magazine. They can just look at your arm. Right. Well, that's the thing is your coloring doesn't show you little smart aleck. I get what you're doing. Because right now I have little strips of makeup on my hand from my booth. Um, but you know, your coloring doesn't change with the season. And so I think it's really a lot of power in having an expert be like, these are your color range. Don't go out of that. Even when you're tan versus not tan? You're, you're under, okay. So here's a fascinating fact. 
is, you know, a lot of, so spring, summer, fall, and winter was designed for white women only. No wonder Ebony Magazine and women of color were like you big poopers. I thought God designed all of it. Okay. So yeah. No, God did, but spring, okay. summer, fall, and winter, as far as coloring, God designed the season. Sorry. I, I acted like I was speaking to a beauty industry. I apologize to all okay. of those listening, going, the beauty industry designed the season. <laughs> yes. Like this time we'll make it snow and then we'll make it rain. <laughs> yes. So that we can sell more clothes. No. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. No, the spring, summer, fall, and winter coloring code to like, you're a spring, which you you kind of are right okay um but oh, like not. people are assigned a season like you're yes. saying i'm a sprint like oh okay you're not really a okay and this is why i don't like it is because it's very like you are this thing and really we're all on a spectrum but anyway mm-hmm. they put them in like this box and like a spring's gonna wear easter colors and a fall is going to wear fall colors and a winter wears jewel tone. I don't know why that is. Right. Mm-hmm. But people are on kind of a spectrum on their color hues. Right. Okay. So you're like, a, I don't do it by, so I don't do spring, summer, fall, winter. Cause it was just designed for white women. Okay. And they put every single woman of color in the winter category, which happens to be the category that I would be in. Mm-hmm. However, women of color and we white girls don't always know that sorry if i added you as white i don't know if you identify as white do you identify as white blonde blue eyed person i do <laughs> okay yes, yeah, like, you have to double check these things right so of course when you put a color up next to you that's a bad color you feel like you know for me there's like a little piece of my heart that falls cuz i'm like that's i'm not going to wear that but you don't have to be like a color nerd to know that's a bad color for you like it's going to make you look washed out so anyway, women of color would feel really sad because things look bad on them. But if you turn over the hand, so you look where there's the melanin, you turn mm-hmm. it over and you'll see the color hues. You can also look inside someone's lip and you'll see the color hues if you're not good at mm-hmm. doing this. So next time you're out with your girlfriends that are not white girls, look on the palm of their hand and you will see these hues of color. And those hues of color never change, just like if you, Michelle, get more tan, okay. you may need to change your foundation color, but you're never going to change like your eyeshadow colors and your lip colors because those are the colors you look good in. Just oh. like you don't go and change the clothes you look good in. Okay. But Got if it. there is a place that lives in perpetual fall, I would like to move there. Okay. Because Well, had I known all this before, maybe I would have worn eyeshadow in my entire life. Yeah, but you can be my friend and not wear uh, makeup. It's totally okay. Eye okay. cream, we start to worry a little bit about your life choices, but it's totally up to you. <laughs> you should worry. She's like, worry very hard. Yes. Okay. So enough about me and the seasons. Okay. Yeah. You've got a juicy story for us. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get in it because I feel like we've had too much fun already. <laughs> well, I think so. The biggest thing that people ask me about, and we already kind of touched on it, is how I do all of this and why I do all of this. And so, you know, I think for me, and you know, you have kids. Um, after my second was born, my husband traveled a lot. My eye was twitching. I was not sleeping. I'm like telling my boss, like, I don't know, like, I just am, stre- you know, whatever, stressed. And so 
Now, were you stressed because hubby was traveling or because you were doing the single parent thing? So I think that was the season in that particular time. It was the single parent thing. And they, the kids were four years apart. So I had one getting up, you know, two hours because they needed to nurse. And then I had one getting up the opposite two hours because they happened to be sick in that week. So that was a season that passed, but it was just like, wow, I need support. So moved home, home for me is Utah. We had lived in the Midwest for like seven years. That's when I met you closely after that. Oh, and then I fit into your life story. I'm thrilled. (laughs) Fast forward to 2012. And, you know, I go to all these speaking things and, you know, I'm in these conferences and I'm hearing all these pause. pause. Um, Elsa, I'm uh, doing an audio. So I I can't have you coming up the stairs being interesting. Quietly, so turn turn off the noise you're making. Is that connected to the Um, I don't know. I think it is. Yeah, it is. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that, Michelle. No, you're good. Okay. Um, she she was coming up the stairs making noise, and I'm like, ah, I'm doing that. Okay. Yeah. I I always prep my kids, and then you told me to prep the dog, but the dog is its own animal, so I can't control it. Right. He's been sleeping. So my people just don't think it's that exciting that I'm doing a podcast. So I'll shut the door, put all the screens up. And you know what happens? They come in anyway. I know (laughs) I had that at the bank. I was like nursing pumping and someone walked in and they're like, like the branch manager had the key and I'm like pumping, pumping. I'm like, it's like, Oh, well the door was closed and the shades were, I was like that. He's like, you should have a sign. I'm like, the sign is that the door was closed. Anyway, back to my story. Um, but that's such a good story. <laughs> we can get back. You're to like that. evasion of privacy. <laughs> Cause my, my door is always open. Right. So I think they were like, well, that's weird. That Michelle's door is like <laughs> locked. I'm like, well, but that like, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so he unlocked the door. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm literally, so like I have the, you know, so I'm still like working as we do. And literally, I mean, did you ever come? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did. And I'm like, ah, pumping, pumping, pumping turn around you know as i'm like yeah yeah like, it's super the doors sexy opening and, and super so vulnerable like yeah, yeah yeah it's pumping's fun yeah. but i will say that if i ever were to do a resume for when i go into commercial lending and i have you as my recommendation yeah. um i'm teasing because um you don't just go pick up people's careers you know it's not funny how people do that but anyway what if I were to do a resume in my special skills and talents, it would be 13 ounces of breast every two hours. Oh, that is impressive. I had lactation consultants coming interviewing me. Yeah. That yeah. So back to your story, because I just think we should leave all of this in because it's hilarious. Yes. Yeah, so um, I would cry when I would spill breast milk. But anyway, I had to leave that situation. So 2012 is probably when I, you know, you're going in. If you ever need to pump again, I don't have a uterus anymore, but I'm sure I could get the old Betsy's going. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope that neither of us have to do that. Because <laughs> um, I'm at 40, level 48. I don't know. Yeah. You don't want to sure do that. Works. Sure. Those levels. Works. Yeah. That's like a level 30 something activity for me. So yeah, I'm, I'm past that. Are you, are you saying that as I level up, I have less ability to do certain things? That is not no. what I was talking about video games. Mm-mm. no okay you um it's kind of like we talked about before you get bored with things and so when you level up it's just no longer interesting oh okay so I'm bored with pumping now okay yeah. got it okay yeah. 
Okay. So you have probably heard of, you know, and we're going to speeches, conferences where it's like, oh, how did you become successful? How do you do this? And it's like women in particular, they're always addressing like women have to be able to take a risk. And then it's like, so I keep hearing like, you gotta be able to take a risk. You gotta, you know, talk to someone about this. And I'm, and I'm kind of thinking, well, what is this risk? Like, is there a, is there a sheet? Is there a menu of risks and I can just pick one or where do I find the risk? Right. The proper risk, you know, Except that women historically are driven by security, but that's okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so, but I think at that point I opened my mind to, okay, like you've got to be open to opportunities that come and you may not know what it is. And so in 2012, I decided that I needed to be open to opportunity and I wanted to have passive income streams. And I didn't know what either of those would be. I was still working at the bank. I'm still working at the bank now. I was, you know, happy. And in 2015, that opportunity presented itself with the Beans and Brews franchise that I'm associated with. And, and it wasn't that they came and said, hey, you know, no one tapped on my shoulder and said, look at this, here's the risk. This is the one. <laughs> Just like no one with women taps on their shoulder, like, oh, you're doing great. Let's go and do this. Let's give you a promotion. Let's, you know, like kind of like life. I think that's yeah, funny that have people to are like promote. opportunity knocks and then people are like, but does it have a secret knock? Well, I know. And then yeah. there are the people who are like, I'm going to teach you the three tips, you know, and then you'll yeah. know. And it's like, no, you're not a genie in a bottle or, you know, a mystical guru or whatever it is yeah. that you would prescribe that would know all the things. It's just that feeling with all the other knowledge you have feeling yes. right, which is why when people approach me and like, Hey, um, we've got this great opportunity for you to sell herbal supplements. I'm like, I know nothing about herbal supplements. And that would be way off brand. Yeah. Like yeah. being a commercial lender would be way off brand for me. Yeah. Well, it's called a story arc when I keep making the same joke over time. I know. Right. But yeah, to that point, you have to be listening to, and I think that was the important thing that I didn't know what it was going to be, but I was going to be open to opportunity. And so I had spoke with the corporate, um, like the day before, and I knew them, I banked them. And then it was like, I went home that night and I just thought it, and I woke up and I was like, I think I should do a franchise. So I called them and I said, Hey, will you sell me a franchise? They said, You're well, like easiest sale ever. <laughs> They're like, well, we won't even have one available for probably a year or two. And I said, well, that's perfect. Cause my husband's under contract for another year. So I'll just give you the money and then we'll just deal with it when, you know, if <laughs> they're loving this deal even more, I'll just give you the money and we'll just iron it out. Like if the money even works, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and then I had to sell it to my husband, right? Because we're not huge coffee drinkers or coffee consumers. And he had been coaching, you know, professional football for like 10 years. It's like, so I think you should quit that. Come home and be a barista. Right. Um, right. I, I sold it but a little bit better But the good news is that. you're not going to consume all of your product. Yes. Because exactly. like, if you're a cocaine dealer, yeah. don't consume cocaine. Drug dealers don't deal. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they don't do. It's drug I knew what you meant. Do. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We all knew which every single one of us was like, we know what she means. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, if someone were to ask you now, like when you, when you teeter over those convert, when those thoughts arise and you're teetering, like, oh my gosh, you know, like the worst case scenario. Well, do we ever go to the best case scenario? And how often do we go to the best case scenario? Because 
if someone were, and I'm sure that I was like, I don't know. And I just remember thinking like, well, if it goes really bad, it won't break me. Like I'll be able to, like, we would still survive. Like we wouldn't lose our home or anything like that. I think that's a good way to gauge risk. It is. It is. But I think people forget like the best case, because if, if I were to talk to myself, if I were to go back in time and talk to myself in that moment of time, like, um, I would be like, are you actually thinking about this? Because the check should have been in the mail like a year ago. Like it wouldn't have even been, you know, like I would, I would tell myself a hundred percent, like you have to do that. Like your life will be so much better, so much, but you don't know that then. Right. And you just like life. You just don't know, you know, what you like marriage. Mm -hmm. It's got a 50% fail rate. They say. Right. And you know, the younger you get married, the the higher the fail rate. But then like, let's just say hypothetically, you know, completely unrealistic scenario, your kids dating and decided they're in love and, you know, completely unrelated to hypothetically, would you give these people that they're dating shoes or is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hypothetically, if I love this girl, then yeah, I might give her my four inch heels hypothetically, of course. Right. Okay. But so what I go and did as soon as I'm like, wow, they're really serious. And they're talking about their future children. And I see all the great things about this couple, except that they're babies. Of course, they would hate me to refer to them that way. Right. So then I go and I interview and ask all of these friends that I know, because when they're on Facebook, they're like, we've been married for 26 years. I'm like, wait, a minute, they're younger than I am. How did they do that? So I'm, I'm going and asking them, what are the elements that make it work? Mm-hmm. Which is how you lower your risk, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's all about what statistic you, you want to focus in on. I dated a statistics guy back in the day. Um, he liked numbers. I, I like the people who like the numbers. I just don't want to do the numbers myself. But anyway, he said, you can, you can, uh, you can read a statistic any way you want. It depends what prejudice you come to the information with. And that's always stuck with me when people are like, you know, 48% of people believe in this political blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, or is it just the 48% of people you talk to? Or is it just, you know, if you sample Republicans, you sample Democrats, you're going to get, you know, or people like me who have no idea where I belong politically. Like I have no political home. The thing you have to look at is the standard deviation. They always have to display standard deviation. I say always, but like when I took statistics, you had to, because things were on paper. Now everything's digital and I don't think anything's checked, but yeah, it's like, it can be like, oh, this has like a 20% margin of error. Right. But they don't tell you that when they're saying, but yet it's helpful to be like, wow, you know, 83% of people think this. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Right. You know, like I think 99% of people think that racism is stupid poopoo pants. Right. Sorry about my hard language. No, it's okay. But yet we still seem to not get our, that 1% of people that are actually prejudiced. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You hear my children? I do. I, I told them that I'm doing a podcast. Do they not hear me? Do they, Do they not, not hear me? know? <laughs> Do they not know who you are talking to? You know what? I don't think that they're that impressed with either of us, Michelle. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> okay. Still, still doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, 
I told my mother that if I were to meet me, I'd be like, dang, I'm really impressed with me. Like, I'd be really impressed to meet me. Like, I sound really impressive, but my children, they do not have these thoughts. No. They're like, all moms are speakers that have written books. What, your mother hasn't written a book? Well, she must be a better cook than my mom. I'm going to get in trouble for not knowing the name, but I just saw the meme and it's the guy from, um, it's Chris Pratt. It's Chris Pratt. Uh-huh. And so he was in. Um, which, he's Star-Lord. Um, uh, yeah. Avengers of the Galaxy. Yeah. So his kid, he's oh, like, no. there's a picture of his kids wearing Captain America. He goes, Guardians of the Galaxy, mom. Oh yeah. Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. And so it's like a picture of him and his superhero, you know, and his, and his little kids wearing a Captain America. It's like when that's your own right. kid doesn't even think you're a superhero. Oh, that's hilarious. Chris Pratt's kids are like, not that cool. Red, yeah. red I'm not into jacket. the Star Lords. Could you get me the Captain America shirt, please? So, so yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty much us, Lita. Like we're both like superheroes in our own right. And it's just our kids want to wear Captain America shirt. Like what yeah, can we do? I'm, I'm like super impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yes, during COVID when everybody else was pivoting, I decided to learn how to cook Indian food because you know why? Because I could. And that makes me a rock star. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And you were just sitting back with your coffee, having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I was giving people lots of like PPP loans. That was the most stressful. Yeah. Time I, of my career. Oh. I didn't even apply for one because I feel like when charitable things are being done, even if by the government, mm-hmm. that there's like bad mojo unless you really, really need it. Yeah. It's like, just, you know, if you're putting it out to the universe, of course, I think that's God, but yeah. you know, just, I just feel like it's bad mojo to apply for something that you can do without as much as you can be self-reliant. And that's right. why we had savings. Yeah. But, and I was, I joked because the savings really was because my husband has a heart condition and in retirement and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I've been saving for a rainy day for years. I am thrilled. This is the rainy day. So yeah. Yeah. I feel a little selfish that I enjoyed 2020 too much, but back to you managing all the things opportunity has come and you just flung that door open and threw money through it. Did I summarize that? Well, yeah. Yeah. I took, I mean, you know, I listened, I took the risk and I just, you know, like we already said, I was like, okay. "Eh." So question franchises, you're paying not only for the business, like the building you're also, and you know, the stock and supply and getting your employees up and going, which is like a normal business, all these things that you can't even imagine how complicated it is and why you have to buy that many post-it notes. Right. Mm -hmm. But you also have to pay the franchise fees is the beans and brews nice to work with. They're probably yes. less than a McDonald's franchise. They are less than a McDonald's and a Chick-fil-A. Um, they are oh, nice. Chick-fil-A's up there, huh? What? Chick-fil-A's up there, huh? I didn't oh, know. Okay. Yeah. They're, you can't even, I don't know. You got to get on a really long list for them. And you got to be willing to move because you have to be willing to like work there. But you do get lot. Sundays off. You do get Sundays off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So they are, no, they are good to work with. They're good. Um, it's a good corporate group and it's a family business. Even though it's a franchise that was started in Utah, it's a family business. What? Um, they yeah. Beans and Brews was started in Utah. That makes me so proud. Yeah. So they make a really good caramel hot chocolate. Oh yeah. Our hot chocolate is the best. Not as, not as good as the Lehigh Saratoga Springs and, and um, Spanish Fork. Spanish Fork locations. Those make the best. 
Correct. But who knew a coffee house that started in Utah? Yeah. Liberty Park was the first location. No drive through. Yeah, that's hilarious. Just like all our little local breweries. Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, for those who don't know, Utah is probably 40 to 50 percent members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they don't drink. Well, ideally in the faith, you don't drink um, alcohol or coffee or tobacco or illegal drugs or anything like that. So you've got 50% of the, the local clientele that probably is not going to be your customer. And it started in Utah and they're successful. Yes. How cool is that? And you own three of them. Yes. Are you like a big dog our in the Beans and Brews world? What? You're like a big dog, aren't you? Like when you go to Beans and Brews convention, they're like, the socks. I want to be the, I want to be the socks. We're working on it. Okay. Uh, we're opening our fourth probably in November. We're waiting for the landlord to deliver the site for Orem. So okay. we're, we're working on it. Okay. So you you make sure you let me know when I'm to salute you as the beans and brews queen. Okay. Because I've earned myself a couple all of crowns. The crowns. Yeah, yeah, I have multiple. And tiers. when you, you wear crowns, people um crowns. Am I saying that? Not the Utah way. Um right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Utah accent there. It's a little hard. Um, we swallow certain letters, but brown on your head. Yes. The blingy things you wear on your head. I've earned myself a couple of them. Do beans and brews give out like little coffee crowns? I'm going to put it in the suggestion box. Okay. If not, I need to order you one from China. Yeah. It has not, it has not been brought up to this point. And I think that that was a miss on my part. Yeah. Well, write that down. Feel free, feel free to write it down now so you don't forget. Cause you're, I noticed it was around 44 level that I got a little bored with details <laughs> and I would forget them. Cause that's, that's how it's not that I'm aging. Right. It's that I just got bored with things. Exactly. Like Get bored with details. other things. Cause you're at a new hot, cooler level. Right. New hot, cooler level. And you want me to remember 25 details in a day? No, email me. Yeah. 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 Right. Perfect. Okay. So you've done all these different things. You're still working the bank. Your husband, um, he was doing the football, but now he just manages the, and he's not a big coffee drinker. So he's not, no. he's no. not so doing yeah, He primarily manages our locations. So we have managers and assistant managers at each locations, but he's kind of like the overall, like the regional manager. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pay someone to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a few years ago, um, I had a, I would go scrapbooking. This was my big, uh, my big thing that I did out. I, you know, I'd reached the pinnacle of my coolness in, in my view that I was having scrapbooking. paper scrapbooking, right? Where you would oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot of it in 12 years, but I still consider it a pastime of mine. I just haven't had the time since so this was, you know, 12 plus years ago. And there was this lady and I asked her, you know, what, what she did. And she's like, oh, and she, I think it was Burger King. I work at Burger King and everybody thought that was funny. And I didn't figure it out. Cause I don't look at people and be like, Oh, that's a Dunienberg parachute, big liar. You're not working for eight bucks an hour. Anyway, she was a regional manager at Burger King and her husband was as well. And they made bank. So by not having that, you get to have your own shoes and yes. your own clothes, even though you buy clothes for your friends. That's why you're, cause you are making, selling so much coffee. You can just buy clothes for your friends. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
If I didn't, like, then I, I wouldn't be able to buy clothes for other people. Which I'm going to segue this into a thought here because I'm making a joke. I was building you up for, for a joke here. Okay. Because people are like, oh, these businesses, they're pulling in all this money. So they're making all this money because you're good with the numbers. Um, you know, what you bring in versus what you get to keep are two entirely different things up to 80% to 90% difference. Yes. And there's a lot of lines in between those two numbers that right. you mentioned. And it's distressing to me that they're talking about with the Infrastructure Act of increasing our corporate tax to where we'll be one among the highest in the world. And when you consider that it's like, like I heard this a statistic somewhere, it's like 55% of those that are employed are employed by a small business, meaning making under a quarter of a million a year. Now, mm-hmm. if my business made under a quarter of a million a year, me and my assistant, um, when we have done that, we did a little party in the streets and, you know, that was really exciting, but we, I also lost my voice. That's <laughs> yeah. not, you know, it's just not always about making that much money. I make a whole lot less, you know, now post pandemic, but there's, there's difference. Cause I don't have all these employees, right? I don't have a physical location. There yeah. are tax codes that let me tax deduct my square footage. So Let's break it down as though you got to talk to Congress and Senate of why you don't want to be, you know, tell them, tell them, what would you say, Michelle? Well, or for the person who just doesn't get, I don't want to get into a a total political digression. I'm just saying a, what I will say an education on business. I don't want to be political. I want to be educated. So what I will say is for example, with minimum wage, So I believe that you should be paid for the value that you provide. And as a business owner, if I can't hire someone at $8 an hour, Mm -hmm. then I will go and look for someone at $9 an hour. And if I can't find someone at $9 an hour to do the skill set that I need, then maybe I hire them at $12 an hour. But if you are someone that has a skill set for $15 an hour, you should get paid that. And if you are a 14 year old that wants to learn how to work, I don't think your skill set matches that of say a level 44. And so I would, I would hope not because there's, and so I feel like years market, between it, I feel like the market should drive that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's similar, you know, with tax and I, you know, there's always going to be tax strategies. People with money are going to figure out the best tax strategies and the way to um, n- not do anything that isn't within tax code, but they're just going to hire people that help them find the best tax code to maximize saving on tax. So if they want to go and increase corporate tax or like they're contemplating getting rid of 1031, that will stall out the real estate market. The reason... What? The reason that people trade up in real estate, it's like, okay, I have this passive income. I have a single family rental, let's say. And let's say I get $400 a month from that. And then like, oh, well, I want to have more income. The government rewards real estate investors by these tax benefits. So if they get rid of that tax benefit, then I'm not willing to sell that and like level up to, let's say a fourplex where maybe I can make $1,000 a month. 
So I'm just going to hold this forever. And then the real estate, like we're already a little bit stressed in real estate right now. And so doing something like that, like people won't want to sell their properties. So you'll stall out. So that's what people have to think about. It's not just as simple as, oh, we're going to raise corporate tax or, oh, we're going to get rid of this. Well, what is the impact of that? Like we're, what, what is the long-term effect of that? If we get rid of a 1031, then does that mean that the person that owns, you know, the hotel doesn't want to sell it to the next person that wants to own the hotel, you know? And so it's just right. this ripple effect. So I well, don't it's think- like when, when we get political or ideo- ideology, which everybody, I think everybody's uncomfortable with being like this party or that party. Cause you're like, oh my crap, like I'm not going to endorse all that, right? But I think it's really dangerous when government or people try to force what human behavior should be because yeah. then we're getting and taking away from other people and human nature. I don't think it's the government's job to regulate or try to enforce. Cause then you get into the debate of abortion. Well, who's to decide if that's, um, you know, I mean, who's to decide if that's moral or not? I know my personal decision, you know, your personal decision, but I'm not going to go around enforcing that on 14 year olds. Yeah. You know that, I mean, a 14 year old girl who's gotten herself pregnant where she doesn't want to be. Um, that's a very different circumstance. You know what I mean? But we just, well, everyone's we're... perspective is different. So your right. perspective brings in a whole new light. I have a type one diabetic daughter. She was not diabetic until she was 12. And so I used to make all of my, like people would talk about like pre-existing conditions and it not being covered. And here I am in my just entitled world of like, I don't even know what a pre-existing condition is. But it's like 1200 a month for type one diabetes, right? Yeah. Like insurance is fine. And in that moment, that moment right then my perspective shifts, right? And I'm suddenly like, if I don't have pre-existing conditions, this is a huge problem. So that's the other thing. For you, you might be in a situation where you can figure that out. Right. But, but there are how many millions of kids with type one diabetes and how many of those are to single parents, you know, yeah. working as a barista and a taco player, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They're not going to yeah. be able so to afford that. That's the hard part is that, that, you know, they have this a one side of a perspective. And so it's hard for them to be, I think, driving decisions when you don't have all of those. And I just, I wish that the country could be um, a little more either moderate or tolerant. I don't, maybe both. I think both would be good. I, I think that we should have a flat tax. And if you make under like 50,000 or whatever, that you don't, you don't pay taxes or you pay like, you know, 3% or something like that. But you know, that way we have a safety net for our poor. And, um, you know, we just, it's a flat tax and there's a corporate flat tax and then people can make their planning if they want to open up more beans and brews, because right now, knowing that they want to change the tax code. Um, you know, for me, like if I wanted to grow to get another assistant, what I'm penalized for that, mm-hmm. but it's like, I'll just stay this size. Thank you very yeah. much. You know, it's easier for me just to have a contractor here and there to help me with things. Right. right. Um, and it, you know, it stifles growth. And yeah. at my height, you know, I had a couple of things, a couple of assistants, but mm-hmm. it's, I just think it's really dangerous when we try to force human behavior because humans have never liked that. No, no, they don't. Yeah. Okay. Don't so like I have to transition because I have to check on my pot pie. Oh, okay. So 
Maybe we know the deliciousness is coming. So let me, cause we could just keep talking and enjoy all of this. We're dangerous. So, <laughs> yes, we are. So my friend, what is your fuel? This is something that you adds to your life that lights you up. Maybe a daily habit of some sort that you have. So I do have my daily habit, which I do write in my journal and I have a gratitude journal and a regular journal. But I really think my fuel is helping others, which goes back to what we talked about before and why I've kept my job for so long and why it's not boring, because I see that as like, I'm helping you grow and develop your business. So I would say um, that at the core, that that is my fuel. I love it. I love it. I love people too. Okay. So what is your oxygen? This is something that's a part of you that others may not see. Um, I would say... My oxygen is probably my work ethic. Um, I am probably similar to you and that I, I do not necessarily find calmness in sitting and doing nothing. I find calmness and completing things and having things done. And that has, um, you know, driven me to, I always just keep going, keep doing the work, keep doing the thing, keep doing the work, keep doing the thing. And so um, I'm known for just being a hard worker and getting the work done. Yeah. I love it. I wonder why we're friends. <laughs> okay. And what is your heat? This is a unique gift or talent that you give to the world and you can't say humor. Cause I've already told them you're stinking hilarious. Okay. Yeah, so my, heat, <laughs> my unique gift that I give to the world. Yeah. Your unique gift. Okay. It can be, you just have to elaborate. <laughs> um, Okay, so my unique gift that I give to the world is uh, questioning and wit. So the other reason that I have been successful is I have a way of asking people questions that does not come across as um, judgmental or like questioning, if that makes sense. So it's not attacking at all. Yeah. People will divulge like, I mean, and this is not, I mean, obviously at work, it's like, how much money do you make? What do you, you know, they'll tell me, but it's like, I can just be in standard conversation and I can get things out of people that people, other people can't get. And it's because I just genuinely want to know. And I genuinely, because I want to help people, it goes back to that fuel, right? Right. And you love people. Yeah. And so I genuinely want to know. And I then can use that to parlay into like, okay, the next question or a connection with them. And that's also what's made me, you know, just successful at work. Cause I'm, you know, I ask questions because I'm intrigued by learning, um, but it also helps me help them. And I typically um, can make people laugh in those scenarios as well, which always also allows people to, if you can make someone laugh, then yep. you become much more relatable. And I am usually able to do that very quickly in a conversation and I'm going to tell you a quick story that we can end on. Like when I was going to Beans and Bruce corporate, they knew I was funny. They liked me. I had known them. I'm at the front desk and it's like, are they ready to see me? And she's like, she, so he says to her, whatever he says. And she says to me, they're ready, but they said that you have to make me laugh first. I mean, that was literally the requirement. Oh, I always <laughs> make that laugh. And so, and in just, in just this quickest moment, I just said to her, Okay, well, would you like me to tell you a joke or kick you in the shin? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't That's even think definitely it was, wit. Yes. I yes. didn't even think it was funny, but like the only thing she 
could do was laugh, you know, but it was unexpected. It was unexpected. Yes. And yeah. it's funny and so because have talent of that. The I say this often when people are like, why do I want to hire you over whatever speaker? And I'm like, because the quickest emotion to access the human heart is humor. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to have an impact, if you want to have an experience with this audience, then you want to bring in someone who's funny yeah. and relatable, right? And so definitely for, for sure, if you ever go into speaking, you decide to add that in. Um, I want to be, I want to speak with you because it would be so super fun. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and we can make jokes about my clothes in your closet. So my friend, Michelle, thank you so much for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness with Lita Green. And I expect a report back on how your pot pie turned out. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.